0: Today in Canadian History for February 23rd, I'm Mark Atho. On this day back in 1770, London-born explorer Samuel Hearn set off to find the headwaters of the Coppermine River in Canada's north. The expedition was led by Chippewan leader Matanabe. To learn more about Matanabe, a particularly interesting figure in Canada's history, I spoke with Strother Roberts, a PhD candidate at Northwestern University and author of The Life and Death of Matanabe. For trade and leadership among the Chippewans, 1736 to 1782. Was it typical for, for First Nations leaders to lead expeditions like Matanabe did?
1: It was fairly typical. Um, I mean, there would be a few people like this in maybe every region where uh, the First Nations were coming in contact and trading with uh, with Europeans and Euro-Americans. I think Matanabe stands out to a certain extent to the degree that his success as a leader was defined by the fur trade. Um, traditionally, before the op- before op- the opportunities brought by the fur trade, uh, you know, came about in the 18th century, if you wanted to be an important person within Chippewyan society, you know, there were two avenues: either your kin networks would allow you to uh, to become prominent, or your hunting skills. Uh, Your ability to provide not only for your own kin, but for others within the band would, you know, give you a leg up. And Matt Navi first was an orphan. He was raised at Fort Prince of Wales, so he didn't have these sort of important kin networks, presumably that would have helped him, you know, rise to importance in traditional Chippewyan society. And he also seems to have been a very poor hunter. Um, When he travels with Hearn, Hearn never records Matt Navi hunting, you know, personally himself, the fact that, uh, as a young adult, he went to Fort Prince of Wales to be a hired hunter to hunt for wages for the Hudson's Bay Company suggests that he wasn't good enough to to earn a place within the hunting bands of uh, the Chippewyan living to the west of the fort. So it seems that he didn't have what it takes to make it in traditional Chippewyan society. So the opportunities of the fur trade really, you know, gave him an opportunity to rise in prestige, he personally wouldn't have had uh, otherwise.
0: Was Matanabi particularly fit to lead Hearn's expeditions?
1: I mean, he very much seems to be. And, you know, where his fitness comes in is, first of all, he was raised at Fort Prince of Wales, which meant he probably spoke some English and certainly um, some Cree. Um, also, presumably, learned Chippewyan. He didn't l- live um, with the Chippewyan uh, from age 5 to 13, 14. So he was multilingual, and he knew the ways of the European fur traders from having lived amongst them. And he seems to be the sort of person who could make connections, who could smooth things over, and who could, you know, facilitate this sort of trading. There's one story where he's trading to the West, and he comes upon a group of Cree who have taken prisoner another trading captain who worked out of Fort Prince of Wales. And they're trying to decide exactly what to do with this uh, other trading captain, uh, perhaps kill him. And Matt Navi says, you know, whoa, whoa, wait, he makes peace. He's able to smooth things over and buy this other individual's uh, this other individual's freedom. So it just kind of points to his own personal skills at mediating between these different cultures that he traveled between.
0: In July of 1771, Matanabe led members of Hearn's exploration group, namely a number of Chippewan Dene warriors, in what would come to be known as the massacre at Bloody Falls. Approximately 20 Inuit men, women, and children were killed by the group of explorers. Would the general public have been aware of the massacre and Matanabe's role in it?
1: Well, Hearn's, um, Hearn's voyage to the Northern, o- Northern Ocean is published well after the fact. So the English reading public, uh, for example, would not have known about it. Um, the various traders and leaders at Fort Prince of Wales were very aware of this sort of um, hostility and contention going on between the Inuit and. Uh, the various nations of Native Americans who lived to their south, and they disapproved of it. They actually worked very hard to bring about peace between the various Inuit tribes to their north and the various First Nations uh, living to their south and west. And, you know, I think it would have been a very much a disappointment. To them to learn about this massacre. Hearn himself seems very disappointed, and, you know, because he was physically there, he was also, you know, physically scared for himself. And he portrays Matanabi as being very very recalcitrant, as trying to hold back, and this might be apocryphal. I mean, this might be Hearn trying to cover for himself, and for this man who he has, you know, sort of picked as his go-to intermediary with the nations living around the Prince of Wales. So it's hard to say what role Matt Nobby might have played in that. Um, I kind of suspect, being the leader of the expedition, he was probably very active in it, and that Hearn probably downplayed his role to protect Matt, Nobby to, Matt Nobby's uh, reputation, and by extension, Hearn's own reputation as a leader. But again, the only source we have is Hearn, so it's very hard to say.
0: Today is a day full of Canadian history. In 1906, Tommy Burns became the first Canadian to hold the title of World Heavyweight Boxing Champion. Canada's first astronaut Marc Garneau was born in Quebec City on this day back in 1949. And 23 people died when a CN freight train collided head-on with a via rail passenger train near Hinton, Alberta. And as always, we air this episode of Today in Canadian History.
1: Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Brima and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher, and May trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past, instead we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series, or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history.
0: Once again it's Canadian quiz time. Which of these popular, and I should say trademarked games is not Canadian in origin? Is it Pictionary, Trivial Pursuit, Scategories, or Balderdash? Actually, Scategories is not Canadian, but the other three are.